Hi, my name is Robin Barclay, physical therapist, owner of Safe at Home Physical Therapy and Rocksteady Boxing Victor here in Victor, New York. Welcome to Parkinson's Empowerment Podcast, where we hope to share information to help people with Parkinson's live their best lives. Today, our guest is Dr. Steve Mooney. I'm going to call you by your fighter name, Doc. Welcome, Doc. Glad to be here. All right. So you um, were a dentist, correct? Yes. And you still could be a dentist, right? I'm a dentist. I just don't have a license to practice. Right. Once a dentist, always a dentist. Right. All right. So how, when did you retire? I retired around 2010. 2010. Did you re retire because of your Parkinson's or was that after you were diagnosed afterwards? Well, uh, I was diagnosed afterwards. 2014. In 2014. Okay. So looking back, um, was there anything that was going on when you were a dentist that you were like, what is this? Or really nothing? Oh, there was nothing. That's a good thing yeah. probably, right? <laughs> a good thing. Um, they say you have it long before you know it. Yeah. So I probably had it, but I didn't know it. Sure, sure. Because um, where there may not have been motor symptoms, there could have been some non-motor symptoms, but nothing strikes you Nothing as, did. oh, what's that? Nothing struck us. Nothing, okay. Do, what were your initial symptoms that that made you seek out um, the doctor or go to the neurologist? I remember in the summer of 2014, I was sitting on the couch watching TV, and my finger was shaking a little bit. I think that's weird. And um, I have a daughter that's a palliative care specialist, and she said that maybe I should see a neurologist. So I scheduled an appointment, and I wasn't able to see one until December of 2014. And he asked the questions about what I was feeling, and um, he said right away that he thought it was Parkinson's. Okay. There were other symptoms that was like I would feel nervous internally. It's like the feeling you might get if you're being stopped by a policeman. <laughs> oh, I don't know that feeling. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you get a little tight in your chest and um, nervous feeling. But I didn't have any reason to feel nervous. I just noticed it at night, particularly when I was trying to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. So like the anxiety sort of feeling. It felt like anxiety. Yeah. Huh. But I didn't have any. I didn't know right. why. You were like, what is going on? And then, um, so you had the pinky pinky twitching, the anxiety. Um, and then, of course, as I looked up the symptoms of Parkinson's, I said, oh, yes, I, when, constipation is one of them. Yeah. Um, writing small. Yeah. So so no, did anybody else pick up on this, your writing? or I mean, doctors have a um, history of writing very There's no poorly. chance anybody would have picked it up. No. Because I am pretty conscientious about my writing. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so did you have any other non-motor um, non symptoms besides the constipation or? <clears throat> well, I had oh, we had anxiety. Excess yeah. saliva. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. That was, that was different. Yeah. Okay. Especially when I saw other Parkinson's people mm -hmm. that had a lot more saliva than I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't notice that now. So those medicines, right, so. medicines working on, yeah. So, so what are your um, <clears throat> symptoms now? Um, my symptoms is that maybe I'm tired in the afternoon uh -huh. 
by eight o'clock at night, I'm pretty much finished. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's too abnormal. <laughs> I'm pretty wiped out then too. I don't take any cinemat after uh, eight o'clock at night because mm-hmm. I think I sleep better when I don't have the medicine. Okay. Um, I do watch my writing. Yeah, so you're cognizant of of it when you're doing it. I'm yeah. sure that if I was trying to do dentistry, mm-hmm. I would have I would notice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a little bit of a tremor in your hand sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, just one side. Well, it can be both sides. I yeah. wake up in the middle of the night and I have to go to the restroom. Yeah, maybe both my hands will shake. Uh huh. But I do my penguin walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good, your way shift. And it works out fine. Good. Okay. Um, how about your legs? Do you have any, do you ever feel like they're shaking or anything? Or it has, That's happened. Uh, maybe about an hour after I take my medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm watching TV, mm-hmm. uh, I notice my legs will shake. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes when you get those symptoms, um, when you take your medication, <clears throat> It's just because it's you're waiting, your body's waiting for the you know the medication to get into your system, so it's more of the wearing off of the medication from before, and the new medicine hasn't kicked in yet. But I, I would think within an hour it should be pretty well kicked in. You would think. <laughs> you would think, yeah. Um, and how about your voice? Is it a little? <laughs> My voice is lately has been a little bit raspy. Yeah, raspy. But most of the time we can hear you, and right. you know, I try to talk loud enough. Yeah, good. Um, my uh, wife will sometimes say that, she, what was that you said? Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether it's my speaking or her hearing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of arguments about that with couples, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, okay. Um, wh- so what's your most challenging symptom now? Do you ever, uh, going back a little bit on that, do you um, ever feel like your feet are stuck to the floor or that you get going too fast or anything? No, not really. Sometimes, I yes, I do have, in the morning, I'm not taking the medication yet. Uh huh. My feet move slowly. Yeah. One of the things I notice is in class here is that I can't jump. Yeah. And if I have to march in place, I take little steps. Even though I try to take big steps, uh-huh. raise my knees. Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. And sometimes that's when we come over with the focus mitts. So you have like a external cue to lift your leg higher. Or we get you on the trampoline or the togu board. Um, so you're talking about the rock steady boxing class, right? Yes. Here in Victor. 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 Woohoo. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. So I know that, um, you're a golfer, correct? Yes. And you golf with your brothers usually? Usually. Yeah. Yes. And you started here and how long, let's see, you'd never had a hole in one. No, I had never had a hole in one. But I think you told me that after you started golfing with your brothers, they noticed that you got better and they were they wanted to come to class, right? Right. Because they said Because I was catching up to them and how far I drive the ball. Uh-huh. And um the challenging part years a couple of years ago in with Parkinson's was putting because my hands would shake when I was trying to putt. Mm-hmm. But lately, the last year or so, my hands don't shake anymore when I'm putting. Nice. So I, I've become more of a of a challenge for them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, you're not just a tag along anymore that they can beat every time. <laughs> I can break 100 on a, for 18 holes, and that's a, a goal. Nice. 
And then you had a really um, special thing happen to you recently, right? Right. I, I was with my brothers, and I got a hole-in-one on a par three. I had to hit a driver 175 yards, but that's fine. Uh-huh. And uh, now I have a plaque, and I got a ball. and That's great. Uh, it's on the wall. So were they? did they faint? Did they pass out? Or did you pass out when you got they kept it? kept saying, oh, it's in the hole. It's in the hole. I said, I didn't want to. Really you didn't believe it until you saw it. it. until I went up there and looked at it. Yeah. So did you go to the 19th hole after that? That uh, I was finished. <laughs> yeah. So we could we could change your fighter name to Ace now instead of Doc. <laughs> right. That'd be great. Good. Okay. Um, so you um, have had Parkinson's now then for seven years. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And you don't use a cane or a walker. You've got your walking poles, your I activator like stability walking poles that you use. Maybe four or five times a week, I'll go out and walk with my poles for just a couple blocks. Perfect. Very good. That helps with posture, gait, speed, stride length, uh, balance and stability. So they're, they're great to use. So during COVID, you, we, we went right to Zoom. We had all of our classes on Zoom, and you were dedicated, and now you have a basement that looks like a boxing gym. Uh, so you, you worked hard. Uh, Zoom definitely was not the same as being here in person. Oh, no. no, but it was definitely a great uh, alternative. And I was so impressed um, on how well everyone did with, you know, coming, getting on Zoom and, and being there dedicated every day. And I had to work a lot harder because I actually had to do the whole workout with you guys. So I got in better shape just from standing in front of the camera and, and doing the workout with you. Um, but when you came back, I noticed that you were having a harder time getting up and down off the floor. I thought you'd um, lost a little bit over during COVID, which I'm sure is not uncommon. I mean, I know it's not uncommon in people with and without Parkinson's. They, a lot of people definitely declined, uh, which is understandable. Um, but I also noticed that it didn't take you long, maybe a couple, two, three weeks, and you were you were back to where you were pre-COVID as far as um, doing things in class well, doing zoom especially when you said to do the, the floor work yeah that, that wasn't as much fun by yourself yeah and and it was also i was a little nervous getting people down onto the ground because i had multiple levels of people doing the class and I couldn't run to somebody's house and help them get back up if they had trouble. So I was, I, we didn't do a lot of the floor work too because of that. So, um, and the floor work is so important for stretching and for core and, and so many other things. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's talk a little bit about traveling because I know that you and your wife travel quite a bit, but obviously like everyone else that was put on hold during COVID. Um, so, do you have any trips planned? So, we have a trip to Florida planned. We're going to take the auto train out of Washington, D.C. that goes to Orlando. Um, the interesting challenge there will be is that sleeping on a train at night, because it's an overnight deal, uh -huh. and uh, just how well will I cope with that. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you normally have trouble sleeping, or do you usually sleep pretty no, good? No, I sleep pretty, pretty well. Yeah. I'm going to be wearing my noise-canceling headphones <laughs> and my uh, mask mm -hmm. to um, cover my eyes. Mm -hmm. We'll see how it works. I think that with the sounds, I, if it's not too loud, like I like people-wise, I think that would be relaxing to we'll listen to a train. <laughs> and Yeah. 
And of course, when we get to Florida, I go to the villages. Mm -hmm. And in the villages, they have five or six programs for Parkinson's. That's amazing. And uh, one of my interesting experiences was I first one of my first meetings there, I went to a, a class. And it was a small room. They had, this is pre-COVID, there were 50 people with Parkinson's. Wow. I'd never seen that many in one place before. Yeah. And uh, we sat in our chairs and we did exercises and it was fun. It was all the music. And then another place I went in Florida, they had 50 hanging punching bags. And uh, there were like 75 people there. So made wow. me aware that there were a lot more people with Parkinson's mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. I thought. Yeah. And sometimes you even um, are kind enough to pop in on Zoom and say hello to us and rub it in while you're in Florida <laughs> and we're up here freezing in the winter. All right. So tell me a little bit about your meds. Um, have they changed much in the last seven years? No, they put me on cinnamon right away. And over the years, being a doctor, maybe they just let me do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, but now I take eight, eight pills a day and I spit them out every three hours. Mm -hmm. And my last pill, if I take one, it would be at eight o'clock at night. And then I don't take anything overnight yet. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people do have problems sleeping at night. Mm -hmm. But you don't. I don't. That's good. Probably because you work so hard during the day. Well, I dream a lot. You do? And so, you have those, do you, where do you ever act out your dreams? No, I don't. That's probably a good thing. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. Okay. And do you have any advice for people that are newly diagnosed? Only that um, apparently it's misdiagnosed a lot. I would yeah. go right to a neurologist, uh, maybe a movement specialist. Yeah. University of Rochester has a big program. They do. They do. And, uh, that's right. I go to a movement specialist. There. Yeah. Yeah. Although they don't give me a lot of advice on how to move. Mm -hmm. I just say I go to Rocksteady Boxing Victor and they say, that's fine. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. They do more of your, you know, watching to see if you're progressing, me managing your meds, getting you on the right meds. Correct. Um, yeah. It's hard at first because it's kind of an elimination at first. Okay. You know. And even today, I fool with the medication a little bit. I know I take it about the same time, but sometimes I have to vary the amount. I take one and a half pills instead of two pills at a time. And at the end of the day, I may have a, a pill left over. Uh -huh. And I think that that's probably good. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're taking it at the same time, right? right? Yeah, yes. that's important. Okay. Um, well, anything else you want to share with us today? I can't think of anything. No? Well, thank you for being here. And we'll have you back sometime. Okay. Very good. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Doc. <laughs> <laughs>